0: If I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I do not have love, I become a clanging cymbal and a noisy gong. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries and have all knowledge and have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous. Love does not brag. And it is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It does not take into a wrong, into account wrong suffered against us. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. <laughs> That's the message today. Love never fails. Love wins. So we're going to read that again. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never, say that with me, never fails. Hmm. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they'll be done away with. If there are gifts of tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away with. (laughs) Can anybody relate to this? When I was a child, I used to speak like a child. Reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully Just as I also have been fully known. But now faith, hope, love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. 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 Yeah, Lord, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come now. To speak into our hearts. To confirm for us that love never fails. That we're winning, God, when we're loving well. Because love never fails. Confirm it in our hearts. Settle it for us today, I pray, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love never fails, Ember. Facebook Live, love never fails. That word in the Greek, it means that it it never ends, it never ceases, it never comes to a season where it says, "Uh, okay done with that let's move on to something else it doesn't reach a place where it says "Mm, not going as far as i can go with that gotta get on another horse love never fails it it never ceases it never ends i want to take you over to jeremiah chapter 31 if you go over to jeremiah chapter 31 israel is having some doubts and the word of God speaks through the prophet and he says in Jeremiah 31 verse 3, The Lord appeared to him from afar saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Ooh, just let that settle in for a, moment, for a moment, will you? Can you hear God saying that to you? Let him, let him not just speak it to Israel all those many years ago, but, but let that word come alive inside of you. Do you hear it? The Lord appeared and said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. He said, therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. And then to go over to Psalm 136, if you go over there, Psalm 136, it has 26 verses, 26 occasions where the person who penned this psalm Mention something that happened in the life of his people. And then he follows it with this. For his loving kindness is everlasting. His loving kindness is everlasting. The message translation, if I'm not mistaken, it says his love never quits. 26 times they would sing that song. And 26 times, if they only sang it once, they would say... His love never quits. His love is everlasting. 26 times, his love never quits. His love is everlasting. His love never quits. His love is everlasting. There's been uh, talk sometimes of new music and worship, and they say, well, you sing the same thing over and over again. I'm like, we should sing it over and over again until you believe it. How long will it take for you to believe it? And then how long will it take for you to offer it up as a sacrifice to the Lord? Fruits of thanksgiving and praise. Your love never quits. Your loving kindness is is everlasting. When we're talking about this love, it it never comes to an end. God is not going to get to a point where he says, "Mm, Yeah, I think I'm done loving. I I think I'm done with them. How many times have you heard a person say they're done? I'm done. I'm done. What do you mean when you're done? I hope you don't mean you're done loving. Now, you might be done with something, right? I mean, there are times where things end, unfortunately. And a lot of times you have to have multiple people love to make something work. And so some of you may be sitting here and some things have ended. Some relationships have ended. But I can tell you that love doesn't have to end. Amen. Love can be everlasting because the love that God has put in us, He says, I love you. It never, my love never quits. And so that's the first thing that it says when it says love never fails. It never ceases. It never ends. But then it's, it never falls. It's the picture of a soldier fighting in battle. And it says that this soldier is never going to fall. This love will never fall. And for that, I need to take you to Luke chapter 22. And I need to see if some of you remember this story. So get over there to Luke chapter 22, if you will. I want you to specifically be in verse 61. Because I saw something in verse 61 that I had never seen. Does that ever happen to anybody? Amen. I hope so. I hope you're still reading Scripture and you read something that you thought you knew and then all of a sudden you go, I didn't know that was there. When, when did they put that there? And, and so I'm reading this story. Let me give you some context because I like telling stories, not lies, stories. And so it's the story of Peter and he's with Jesus and he tells Jesus, he says, Jesus, I'll be with you always. I'm never going to leave you. These other clowns, they <laughs> They might not, and stick it out, but, but I'm, I'm with you. And Jesus says, no, Peter, you're, you're not going to be with me. You're going to deny me three times. You can just hear this conversation. Jesus, I would never do that. God, we've been too far, gone too far. I've seen too much. I'll never leave you. And Jesus said, yeah, because Satan has asked permission to sift you. And you're going to deny me three times. So some events happen. Not shortly after that, Jesus is in the garden. And one of the disciples walks up and he betrays him with a kiss. That's Judas. It's got to be tough to be betrayed by the one who would love you and be able to give you a kiss, right? You'd expect it from people who who don't love you, don't have anything to do with you. But it has to be particularly hurtful when someone who's walked with you that closely for three years comes up and kisses you, and that's the sign of the betrayal. Peter's furious. He grabs his sword. I told him I was going to be with him. I'm going to be with him. And in his impetuous nature, just whoop. I've always thought he meant to cut his head off. He was just so bad at it that he, he only cut the poor guy's ear off. Because I think that speaks to us sometimes of our good intentions, you know. And the best we can seem to do is fumble around and cut somebody's earlobe short. (laughs) Jesus reaches down, says, put the sword up, grabs the ear, heals this guy, and they take him off. Peter's right behind him because he said, I'm never going to leave him. And so I'm right there with him. And so he's following him behind him. Not too close now, careful, right? Not too close because Jesus has been arrested. So they build a fire out, the place where they have Jesus. And they're they're doing all these things, accusing. They're beginning to, to scoff and mock and, and maybe beat him there. And Peter is watching. And in chapter 22, it says this little girl looks at him, just a little girl. And she says, aren't you the one? The Galilean, you're a Galilean. Aren't you the one that used to walk with Jesus? Uh-oh, do you feel his heart sink? Can you feel it? Can you put yourself in Peter's position right now? Aren't you the one with him? And Peter goes, oh no, maybe they're coming for me too. And in that reaction, in that moment, when he's afraid, because fear will make you do stuff that you won't do when you're not afraid, yeah. Peter, not he's not intending to deny Jesus. He doesn't want to hurt Jesus. He's just scared. And in that moment, he takes his own life into his own hands. And what does he do? He looks at her and he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. That guy? No. A little bit of time passes. Says another man looks at him and says, no, really, you look familiar. You were the one that walked with Jesus. And he goes, no, no, that's not me. Put yourself there. How would you do it? You know, I, you know, no. try to laugh it up play cool, right? No, that ain't me. You know, no. Nah. Well, how would you do it? Put yourself in the story. And then finally, this third guy says about an hour later, a guy says, no, really, you're with him. One of the gospels says, Peter, used profanity. Good church folk don't use profanity, do they? It's just for emphasis, right? It's just to help make your point, right? That's why we do it. Peter, Peter's not a cusser, he's not a profaner. He just needs to make a point, and the best way to do it is some of our four-letter words. So he dropped some. I don't know him. And at that moment, the part that I'd never seen before. In fact, the reason I think I'd never seen it is because it's only in one of the gospels. It's only in Luke. You don't find it in the other ones. Look at verse 61. The Lord turned, and he looked at it. Do you see that? Look at verse 61. Wow. I'd never seen that before. Wow. Verse 61, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put on your face right now the look that Jesus looked. Do it right now. I'm going to give you a minute. Everybody, give me the look. Jesus is turning and looking. Give me... There you go. Ann's got a look going. Ann does some improv. She's good at that kind of thing. You don't have to be good at it. I just want to see a face. That is not faces. Make the face. On three, I need your face. And then hold it, I'm going to look at all these faces, okay? There you go, Burnell. We're getting into it now. Oh, there we go. Brittany's got it. Okay, ready? One, two... You're not ready. On three, you're going to have to look, okay? One... Two, three. Mm-hmm. I've tried to imagine that look. Can you imagine that look? Some of us, you would think that Jesus would look at him with that look of like, Peter! Like, how could you? You know that look, mama, that you've looked with your kids, right? When they did something wrong, you're like, how could you? Could you? What were you thinking? You know that look? They're like, some of the kids are laughing. They've seen that look. They're like, I know it well. (laughs) I know it well. Or you look at that and you go, just disgusted. Mm. Spouse, your spouse ever looked at you with disgust? You know, they looked at you, and there's just this look of disgust. They didn't say a word. They just turned to you with disgust and went, (sighs) you know, a huff, just a (sighs) disgusted. Makes you feel about that tall. So I've heard, my wife has never done that. I'm not crazy. I'm going home. (laughs) Or this look. You know that one over your forehead? You got to look over your forehead, that kind of thing. (laughs) Kind of like just mad. I mean like hot in the face, red mad of like, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm hmm You know what mm-hmm means, don't it? Mm-hmm means not right now, but later. You going to get it. It's that look the mama does in the grocery store when she says, I ain't going to embarrass me right now. She, you know, we say you, right? I'm not going to embarrass you right now. But when I get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, so you know the look. Now, here's the thing. Whatever you think the look of God is at that moment in Peter's life says a lot about what you think about the nature of God. Yeah, let me say that one more time in case it caught you by surprise, okay? The look, when you read that, the look that you put on Jesus' face when you read verse 61 says a lot about who you think God is and how he responds to you. You can't help but put yourself in the picture. So if he was looking at you with disgust, then that's probably what you think happens when you mess up, is that God looks at you that way. When he looks at you with that look of, you're about that tall, you're so stupid, I can't believe you did that again, that's probably how you think God feels when you mess up again or again. Or if he looks at you with blood and fire in his eyes and his face is red and you think he's waiting for his opportunity to get you, But that word, it says this, when Jesus saw him, most people believe that at that moment Jesus was being carried out onto his next place to be beaten, to be scoffed at, to be mocked. This is no time to be having Peter cutting up like this. You know? There's no time for that. And it says that probably what is happening is actually that word turn. It's literally like you're in one direction and you have to turn. You look over your shoulder. So Jesus turns and he looks over his shoulder. And the question is, how does he look? Most people who are translating say it's probably close to an old Hebrew word. that came from the blessing of Aaron. You remember that? The blessing of Aaron. It says, may the, the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. Wow. Do you believe that? I believe, that. I, believe he was I believe he was sad. I believe he was heartbroken. But I believe he never stopped loving him. Amen. I believe he never stopped loving him because God is love. And so he's going to look from his nature. Not a sin nature because he didn't have one. So he's going to look from his nature, which is love. And so this God that says, I love you, with a, a never-ending love, this love that says, I love you, and my love will never quit, when Peter denies him for the third time, and the rooster crows, and it says, Jesus, turn, and he looked. And all he can do is look, because he can't talk right now. Is in his heart, he's saying, Peter, This is your lowest moment. But my love has not stopped one bit. He looks over his shoulders and he looks him in the eyes. And unfortunately, he can't stay with him. Because he's on his mission to the cross to die for the sins of the world. And so he can't stay with him. But he says, Peter, if he could look with those eyes, he would tell him, Peter, if you can just give me like three days... Right. All I need is if you can just hold on, Peter, and not give up in your faith, not fall. If you can give me three days, I promise you, you'll get a little bump in your faith. And then if you can hold on for about 40 more, then I'm going to leave and I'm going to pour out my spirit on all mankind. And in doing that, Peter, I promise you, I'll never leave you again. What a word, right? What, what a look that if Jesus is, you know how powerful this when Jesus speaks. Just read the red letters, right? What about a look? I've always said that when Jesus looked at the prostitutes, he didn't see them as prostitutes. When he looked at sinners, he didn't see them as sinners. He looked at them as those children who were lost but loved. There's a huge debate about whether or not Jesus has to get you clean so he can love you, or if he loves you and that's why he wants you clean. Yeah, yeah, that's good. There's a lot of people that say you gotta get cleaned up for God to love you and that's the work he's trying to do. I don't buy that. Can I just go on and tell you that I don't buy it and I'll take whatever heat comes from it. He doesn't clean you up so he can love you. God sent his son to die on the cross for God so loved the world. Yeah. He didn't clean you up so he could love you. He came to love you so that his love might clean you. Peter goes away and his heart is broken. His heart. It says he goes out and he sobs. Have you ever had one of those moments for, before God where you just sob? I've told you about them before, right? It's like you bend over and your sinuses are connected to your tear glands and all of a sudden you're just in a puddle. And you're just sobbing. Peter is at that place. He goes away and he's sobbing. And I believe that if Jesus had looked with disgust or if he had looked with anger, that's all he would have ever thought about is how disgusted Jesus was. But he's not focused on the look. Peter is doing self-examination. That's what the look of love does. The look of love says, I love you with a never-ending, everlasting, never-quitting kind of love. And now Peter's got to deal with himself. That's what love does. Anger causes you to get mad at the person who's angry with you, right? Mm-hmm. Any of you ever had to fire anybody? Yeah, when I worked out in the, the, the world, the public world, and, and I had to fire some people, it was never that I'd made a mistake in firing them because usually in this world you've got to have a lot of evidence to do that, right? It was never that. It was always, well, it was how he did it. Right? Because we look at We look at the person's face and how they said it. And we want to get mad at them. And we're not very good at it. But what Jesus does is when he looks with love, you can't blame him. And so there's only one more place to look and that's inside. And we have two characters and they get to decide what to do. Judas goes out and hangs himself. Because he can't deal with his sin. And apparently the love of God did not penetrate his life. Ooh, I hope the love of God has penetrated yours. Amen. I hope the love, the look of love has penetrated your life. Because if not, you could get to a place where you doubt God's love. And at that point, it's scary to think what can happen, right? Amen. Scary to think what can happen. Or you can be like Peter. And the word that Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, the devil has asked permission to sift you. I preached a message on this. <laughs> He said, but I prayed for you. He said, but Peter, I'm praying for you. I've already prayed for you. And there's some of you today wondering, man, I sure wish Jesus would pray for me. He did. Chapter 17 of John, Jesus prays his prayer for you. But he says, Peter, I I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. You hear that? That your faith may not fail. That's why in 1 Corinthians 13, At the very end of it, it says, but these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You see, what happened was Peter had to get to a place where he had gone as low as he could possibly go. You want to talk about being at the bottom of the barrel? Way to go. You just denied the Savior in human flesh. Many of us know that same feeling. You denied the Savior. You denied the instructions. You did what you wanted to do. And now the question is, how far will, love, will God's love go? And he says, I love you with a never-ending love. And so if you follow the story, you know that, that Jesus turns and he looks at Peter. And then not long from that, Jesus is on the cross and his mom is there. And he's got to make sure that his mom is taken care of. And so Jesus, from the cross, looks down at his mama and says, Mama, you're going to go with this guy right here. He's the disciple that I love, and I trust him because I know he'll love you real good. And he takes care of his mama. There he is hanging on the cross. Most of us ain't got time for that, Right? when when things is happening to you when you feel like you're being persecuted and abandoned and things are going tough you don't have time for people but he has time to look at peter and he has time to look at his mom and says i want you to be with the one that i've loved because he'll take good care of you and then there's this old trifling thief on the cross He's my favorite character in all of the Bible. He honestly is. Because it's the last minute. I mean, it's the last moment that you can ask Jesus to do anything. And if I was Jesus, I would look over to him and say, I'm busy. <laughs> I'd turn and give him a look. <laughs> really? <laughs> now. But what does Jesus do? This day, this day you'll be with me in paradise. (laughs) This day I'll walk into paradise and some of them won't know you and I'll introduce you. (laughs) This is the one hanging on the cross. It was the last one. The bus was leaving the station and I stopped it and opened the door and reached and grabbed him and brought him because he wanted to go. You don't think he'll come get you? You don't think he'll come get you? (laughs) When that man stepped into paradise and they go, he's not alone. Who is this? It's like the last one I could get. (laughs) He'll get every last one. But you got to want to go. You got to want to go. He won't make you go. The other one, we don't know. But apparently he didn't want to go. But this one wanted to go, and so he took it. And then the one that always blows me away, he looks at them all. He looks at them all, and you remember what he said, right? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, it says he was looking at them as though maybe it is this prayer, this thing that he's mumbling to himself as he is hanging on the cross, as they are nailing him, as they're making fun of him, as they are beating him and sticking swords or or spears in his side. He said, "Forgive forgive them, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He loves with a never-ending love. An unfailing love. You want to know if love fails? His love never fails. His love never fails. Can you say that? His love never fails. It begs the question, what about our love? What about our love? Does our love fail? Does our love fail? Hmm. I want to take you to Romans chapter 5, verse 5. But before you go, only go over there if you want some good news. All right? So if, if you like bad news, then go home and watch, watch the news. All right, go get you a paper on the way home. If if you like bad news, then go there. But if you like good news, then turn over to Romans 5.5. Here's what it says. Hope does not disappoint. Yeah. Faith faith is rooted in love. The reason you can trust God is because you know He loves you. If you don't know He loves you, you won't trust Him. The reason that hope works is because it's rooted in love. You realize that I have an expectation of good in the future. Why? Because he loves me. But now to the question, what about our love? Here's what verse 5 says. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Do you see that? The love of God has been poured out in your heart. Yeah, that's right. Every one of you. You don't even have to look over at somebody and say, really? Like, really? Yeah. The love of God has been poured out into your heart by the Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He took up residence inside of you. Took up residence. That's why we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. We just want to make sure that you got every drop. Just want to make sure that you're overflowing because you're going to live out of that overflow. And so the love of God has been poured out in your hearts. You have the love of God. So here's the thing. Where is the source of this unfailing love? God. If you want to know where love comes from, it comes from God because 1 John 4 says love is from God and God is love. You want to know where the source of this unfailing love, you want some unfailing love? It's found in Jesus. That's why in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, very first verse, pursue love. He went into all of 13 that I read, and then verse 14 starts with this, pursue love. How do you do that? Pursue God. How do you pursue love? Pursue God. That's why in Matthew 6, I believe it's 33, it says, seek first The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What are you seeking? God. His love. And then everything else gets added to us. So the source is God and the definition. Here's my working definition. Love seeks the highest good in another. Love seeks the highest good in another. If it fails that test, it's not love. So actually, what you've been seeing is not a failure of love. You've been seeing a failure of everything that is not love. Amen, Kevin. That was good. One more time. That's important. When you're looking at failures in life, what you're looking for, it's not a failure of love. Love never fails. What you have seen is is failure from a lack of love. You've seen failure because sin got rooted. You've seen the results of sin not loving. That fails. Love never fails. (laughs) So here's my conclusion. We're starting to wrap this series up some of you may have known when i graduated school i graduated my undergraduate was in political science and there was a person that we studied his name was machiavelli any of you ever heard of that gentleman machiavelli yeah he has a saying that people use all the time he said the end justifies the means anybody ever heard of that the end justifies the means that means if you have a a good goal a good intention then it really doesn't matter what you do In between here and there because the goal was right can I tell you he was full of it he's considered to be the father of modern political science I wonder if our political system is so messed up because we have politicians that are more concerned about the end than they are the means I wonder if we got people walking around in our churches that think, you know what, my intentions were good. So, you know, if I lie a little bit here, it ain't no big deal. If I, you know, if I, if I do a little something not quite fair at work to get on top, it's, it's no big deal. Y'all ain't ever seen anybody do anything at work, right, that wasn't like ethical, moral, because they wanted to, to get on top. You ain't ever seen that, right? Nah. You see, what happens is that person is saying the end justifies the means. I'm trying to better myself. So if I have to run over a few people in between, it's no big deal. Never. Yeah. Can I tell you that when I look at love in Scripture, God is both Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. And if God is love, then God was in the beginning and God is in the end. Oh, and by the way, he says in Scripture when they say, who are you? Moses says, who am I supposed to even tell them that you are? He said, tell them I am. I think I just summed it all up right there, didn't I? If you were paying attention, I think I I summed it all up. In fact, I didn't do it. I'm only repeating what God wants you to know. He says, I am. The beginning, I am love, begin with love. I am the omega, I am the end, end with love. What about right now? (laughs) I still am. I am. I am that I am. I am love. Love is the beginning, it's the middle, and it's the end. And Some of you are wondering if your love failed. And you think, I tried to love, but I don't know if it failed or not. I think it, I think it failed. I think I, I wasted time in loving. And the reason is because it didn't turn out like you thought it would. Anybody ever had something and it didn't turn out like you thought it would? And you thought, well, because it didn't turn out like I thought it would, love must have failed. No, no. No, love didn't fail. Love was an act all by itself. Jesus was loving when people were walking away from him. Did love fail? No. No. And can I tell you this? That nobody else may have seen where you loved and lost. But heaven knows. Heaven knows every time you loved. Every time you loved, heaven knows. And heaven saw that and said, thank you. Thank you. I'll never forget it. Do you know that? Heaven's never going to forget it. The people you loved, you said, man, I loved, and they forget. They don't have anything to do with me. They don't even remember what I did. (laughs) Heaven knows. And God says, I'm waiting to reward you because only I can. Only I can reward love. You can get a little bit of it here on earth. But honestly, child of God, you're going to have to wait to heaven where I can reward you real good. Because only I know how to do that. And so for any of you who have loved and you thought, man, it it just didn't take. I'll end with this story. Caden and I went two years ago to to an autograph signing for the Carolina Gamecocks football team. It was back when they were really good. (sighs) And they were beating Clemson all the time. It was a good time, <laughs> wasn't it, Jonathan? It was good. It's good. It's good. Life was good. And so we went, and, and, and forever, I believe, my favorite Carolina Gamecock football player will be a quarterback named Dylan Thompson. I think he only started some of his junior year. He came in here and there, right? And then he, and then he started senior year. Dylan Thompson. Most people don't know Dylan Thompson. I know Dylan Thompson. I'll never forget Dylan Thompson. Because my son walked up, and and Dylan had made this throw the previous year in the Outback Bowl, and it it was a deep pass, and and it was beautiful, and it helped to win the game. And Caden said, he was just little, he said, I want to tell him what a good pass that was. And I said, well, I think you should. He said, I'm kind of (laughs) scared. And so here's this little boy. He's trying to figure out how to tell this quarterback how good a throw this was. And he walks up to him. And he's kind of stuttering and all, and he looks at him and he says, that was like that, that. was a great throw in the Outback Bowl. And Dylan Thompson looked at him, and one of the things you're not supposed to do is you're not supposed to take private photos with, with players. You're just supposed to sit behind a table and only sign what they give you. Dylan Thompson looks at him and he says, man, it was easy. He was wide open. He said, you would have made that throw too. And he said, you know what? He said, I really appreciate that. He said, I'd love to have my picture taken with you. He said, I'd love to have your picture. He said, do you think your mama would take a a picture of us together? He leans over the table, puts his arm around Caden, and and we hurry and get a little blurry picture before a yellow man with a security uh, shirt comes over and looks at him and says, don't do that. (laughs) At Dylan Thompson, he looks at Caden because Caden's kind of scared because the security's over here now. He looks at him, he said, don't worry, it ain't about you. He said, he's just talking to me. <laughs> and I left out of there. And that was back in the day when Jadavian Clowney was playing. You know, he was, he was going to be first round, and, you know, and, and all that. And all these big players were there, if I'm not mistaken. And I walked out of there and you said, which, which is the best player on the football team? I said, Dylan Thompson is the best. Because he loved my son. That takes me to some scripture that says, for all of you who think maybe that your loving didn't count, it takes me back to a scripture that says, when I was hungry, you fed me. <laughs> you know yeah, where I'm going, yeah. don't you? When, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. And they said, they looked at him and they said, when did we do that? When did we feed you, Jesus? Or, or when did we give you something to drink? Or when were you even in prison that we would come and, and visit you? And he said, oh, you see, when you do it into the least of yeah, these, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've done it unto me. You see, you thought you loved and lost. Jesus said, you loved me. And I'll never forget it. He sent me here today to tell you. Can you, can you receive me as that messenger today into your life? He sent me here today because he thinks you don't know. Or that you need to be reminded. And he says, when you loved, you thought it didn't matter. But see, you wasn't doing it to them. You were doing it to me. And I'll never forget it. I love you. Enter into the joy of this kingdom. Come on in and be received by me. So here's what I want to do. Will you stand with me? I'm going to release some praise team, but I'd love for you to sing that song, I Know Your Name. And any of us that just want to hang around a minute in the love of God, because I will tell you that if we are going to To love, then our source has to be God. We've got to be loved by Him. If you don't know that, I want you to come down here and receive Jesus Christ in His love today. First step. First step. Can't go past that. Got to receive the love of God. Because if you don't have that, you don't have anything to give that's truly love. Because God is love. You may need to just sit here and be loved by God for just a minute. God was doing some stuff. I saw it on your faces. You may just need to sit and let God finish that because He loves you. Some of you need to be reminded that you love well and love didn't fail. Jesus received that love. And so we're going to sing that song. I want to just pray this over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that I think we're, I feel like we're coming to the end of this series. We're at least getting close. And it's been a time of pruning us back. It's been a time of us examining things that we called love and realizing against 1 Corinthians 13, oh Lord, that wasn't love. But then there's some things, God, that we've done and it did come from your heart. And it was love. And it didn't fail. And you did see it and you will reward it. And so, Father, I'm praying for those that that have never received your love, that before they leave today, they'll come down here and they'll be like Peter and not like Judas. And, Father, I'm praying for the one that's just weary and tired. And they're at that place where love in his heart. It's not easy that they would keep on because love never fails. And then, Lord, that You would put something in us as we leave this spirit of victory, God. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that You would come and over us, just sweep over us with a spirit of victory that love never fails, love wins. Do you hear that, church? If you are loving, you are winning. If you are loving, you're going to win because love never fails, love wins. It is victorious. I pray you're being filled up right now that something straightened up your spine to tell you that you're winning. You're not losing. You're winning. Every time you love, you are winning. Lord, release that spirit of victory on us that we might release love into the world, even the tough places. Even in the tough places where people won't love us back. Do it again, God. God. (laughs) And Lord, let us always return to that fountain, that source, of love, that fountain of God, that throne room of God, let us return to You and find that love. And So Lord, I'd ask that for anybody that wants to remain as I release that, that we would be able to just enjoy a moment from that fountain of love and that beautiful Word that You know our name that we are loved. Thank you, Father. Love never fails. Love wins. We declare it in Jesus' name. Amen.